0: You're listening to the Sales Process Excellence Podcast with Michael Webb. B2B sales and marketing works to find the highest quality prospects, reach decision makers, and sell value. Operational excellence uses data and systems thinking to make changes that cause improvement and eliminate waste. My name is Michael Webb. And this is the Sales Process Excellence Podcast. In the next 30 to 40 minutes, we're going to destroy the myth that these two groups conflict and show you how to bring both strategies together to create more wealth for your company and your customers. I'm excited today to introduce you to Claude Bardi. Claude is a consultant in France. Claude, welcome here. Thank you, Michael. I'm excited uh, to be here. So we have only talked a couple times in the past, and I'm really interested to learn about your background here. The audience will see why here as, as this unfolds. But tell me uh, about or tell us about your uh, background and what has
1: led you to what you do today. OK. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. I am a French national uh, born in France, lived in France and Europe and the U.S. of a. Um, I consider myself an international French person, Um, multiculti, speak five languages. So I've been around in various environments. And uh, from a work perspective, I trained uh, uh, initially as an engineer, so technical background. I hold an engineering diploma from one of the French schools, uh, but I moved to sales almost uh, 30 years ago, no, more than 30 years ago, sorry, and um, haven't gone back. I've been doing sales since uh, 1987. It's a decision uh, because I uh, wanted to um, concentrate on relationship, on helping businesses grow, and I thought my contribution was best uh, uh, in the sales, and I liked the challenge. Okay.
0: So uh, out of curiosity, what was it you were selling in the very first sales job? Um,
1: I was selling CAD-CAM systems. Okay, cool. uh, Computer-aided design. It's one thing led to another. My first job was a technical job with the software company called Dassault Systems, which uh, produces or designs the software called CATIA, Mm -hmm. And from there, I tried uh, selling it and uh, started my sales path using that uh, or based on uh, this uh, CATIA software, CAD CAM software.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I've sold that to small businesses in France. I've sold that uh, to uh, larger businesses in France, but that was only France. And after, uh, how is it, uh, 93, so six years, I moved to um, selling uh, telecom systems, international. So there I did a couple of, uh, no, more than a couple, uh, seven, eight years in uh, the telecom and payment field. So uh, my customers were international operators, telecoms, banks, uh, all over the world, all over the world. As I say, I lived in, on in c 66 K and then <laughs> Boeing 747 <laughs> flying all over the world. <laughs>
0: all right. And, and so, so, so what are you, uh, what led you then to what you're, what you're doing today? I stopped
1: my sales uh, career as an, as an employee in 2009. I'd been selling, managing sales team and running sales organizations, business units, uh, focusing on sales. And since 2009, um my uh, employer and I swit, uh, split up uh, in 2009, and I set myself up as a consultant, still interested in sales. I like sales. Uh, I like sales teams. I like trying to Im- improve and help uh, sales team uh, sell better. And so I set up shop as an independent consultant in 2009, and now I help businesses. Uh, develop sales projects, usually related to uh, new businesses or uh, restructuring and changing uh, sales organization. And um, along the way, I have acquired a bunch of uh, other competencies. I'm a certified coach uh, because I felt this was needed. Sales is also a people thing. So, you uh, products are important, processes are important, but people are also very, very important. And coaching was to me obvious as a uh, a set of skills which I uh, needed to be successful.
0: So, what kinds of principles in the process oriented? world operational excellence systems thinking you know lean six sigma types of what sorts of principles uh have attracted you and especially with respect to how they apply to sales
1: right i was you can imagine the situation in 2009 when i uh uh, started my uh, consulting business i said how am i going to go from a wish to a business in helping a sales organization i'm I had been exposed to very primitive uh, sales processes or uh, in-house, self-developed, mom-and-pop uh, CRMs, and I thought we could. There, there must be some better way to do that. So I simply, honestly, very directly Googled uh, sales process and came across uh, a guy called Michael Webb, who you <laughs> might be uh, familiar with, and I liked what he said. So I bought his books, read that, and um, tried to uh, apply that to my consultant cases, consultancy cases. And to answer, to come back to your question, principles, um, I think that uh, there is not a single component which explains uh, sales performance. I think it's, sure, product a little bit pricing you know it's like the 3p the 3 or 4p's of marketing mm-hmm. uh product pricing sure uh, uh but people and process and uh, also uh how you uh manage the sales team i come I must make a let's say uh, define a little bit the scope or, or the field i'm working in i work only on b2b and usually b2b to c kind of businesses i don't do b to C I have uh, it's a different set of uh, uh, principles and rules but in B to b face to face complex remember mm-hmm. I'm an engineer um, I like complex solutions complex situations and selling in those environments um, are uh, well you need a you need a process approach but you can't uh, success doesn't come just from having the right process you need to manage the thing. And just to give an illustration, um, I believe in the power, lots of Ps today, (laughs) in Mm. the power of a uh, sales review done as, quote, coaching kind of sales review. I have seen with my customers, and I must say I've been slightly guilty too, sales reviews which are just and only focused on the weighted, expected revenue shown in the pipeline. I think that is a partial approach. And and the reason is the following. Salespeople, sales managers, sales directors, as we call them here in Europe, um, have a lot of pressure to meet the numbers. This is all over the world. And... Um, not just in France or in Europe. But um, this pressure, number one. Number two, human nature being what it is, people tend to too easily move an opportunity down in the funnel, and with the weighted average, the pipeline looks like nice. The weighted year and revenue looks nice, whereas the sales cycle, the process, the real sales has not been does not. This does not reflect the actual chance of reaching that forecast revenue.
0: Right. So you see what I mean? I do. And so it's I'm hearing two things in there. I'm hearing it's sort of like. If you, you've ever seen maybe a young adult or a teenager, uh, sometimes an older adult, and they, they get a dog as a pet, and the yeah. dog gets out of the house and is starting running outside, and they don't want that to happen, so they start yelling at the dog, come back here, you, and they chase the dog, right, come back here, and that's just going to make the dog go the other direction,
1: Absolutely. Uh, right, Absolutely.
0: and so – so sort of our human nature is if you want more sales, you go push for the sales and the salespeople are going to tell you what you want to hear. I mean, it's absolutely right. So so that's one of the things um that's going on there. Then the other thing that's going on there is, uh if I'm if I'm correct, that, well, what is it that has to happen in the sales process, you know, to make actual progress, we create value instead of waste, that's not something that everybody like automatically understands, right?
1: Absolutely. I think there's a a thing called cost of sales, which is an, I call it an indicator, it's a French word translated into English. Cost of sales, not just in uh, salary and so on, but in terms of energy, in terms of time, cost of sales. Are you pursuing the right opportunity? Is this opportunity which you have set at a stage, almost a closing stage with a weighted uh, uh, revenue of so much? Are we really at that stage? Are we not pursuing the wrong opportunity? And these, quote, tough questions, which are normal questions, are very rarely asked, according to my experience seen with my customers and in the companies where I have worked as an employee. In other words, everybody's very happy to see an opportunity moving uh, through the funnel and uh, seeing the weighted average, uh, uh, the weighted uh, revenue uh, nicely growing as the thing is moving on. But have we speak a, quote, uh, info team Miller Heiman language have we covered the buying center have we really spoken to these guys have we seen do we understand the value we are providing to them to all of them to the to the CEO to the guy head of operations have we seen them have we spoken to them and i must say the conversations i have uh seen or heard uh been witnessed to are not tough enough are too complacent is that the english word uh we accept too easily sure the, uh, well what yeah, the, what the you're talking
0: about talking about critical thinking here
1: right how do you know what you could know be, could be right yeah, yeah.
0: um and it, and it sort of reminds me a lot of times in the world of uh sales and sales management and sales training and uh, you know this kind of work we we make no mistake, there's some sharp, uh, critical thinking people there. Yes. yes, yes. when you try to um, convey, to simplify it, to help other people learn to get better at it, they tend to come up with these uh, old, they're old because they've been around for so long, rules of thumb. Like one of my favorite ones to pick on is Bant, right? Does the customer have a budget? do they have a need, right? Or, you yeah, know, is there an yeah. are you talking to the authority? There's a person you're talking to have the authority to buy. Do they have a need and what's the timing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, those are the sort of qualification rules of thumb. Right. And I had, I had a client that uh, bought into that. Uh, and so they structured their whole sales process around it and decided mm-hmm. that, you know, we can have just, yes or no on each one of those things and then we've got uh qualified opportunity in the sales funnel, right?
1: And mm-hmm.
0: I mean, have you seen somebody do that?
1: Well, I've seen people putting a lot of effort into designing uh, a sales process. I've seen uh sales teams go through the motions actually. That's I think the best expression. Uh the, the best way of putting it. They do everything which is required, but the forecast the forecasted revenue doesn't materialize because we are too complacent with each other and uh, I must say most of the salespeople and it's human nature once again tend to be very reluctant to put on the side to put in the on the back warmer any opportunity. Because, no, no, this one's going to uh, come up. This one's going to come up. I've been seeing that. I was a big believer a long time ago into saying, well, the guy is naturally going to go on the one that closes uh, immediately and leave on the side the other ones. But once again, I said sales, human nature being what I've seen, uh, people are reluctant to remove opportunities from a pipeline especially when it has been officially put in the sales pipeline therefore i think my overall blanket feeling is that we need to understand that it's better value for everybody for the organization for the sales team if we have tougher sales reviews it's better for everybody including for the salesperson who uh, will unfortunately uh, at at the beginning have a very uh, thin <laughs> pipeline but he will spend more time on better opportunities once he understands that he well hasn't for example covered the buying center so how do you Does do this that
0: this makes sense yeah it makes sense but how do you do that i mean uh, how, how do you how do you um uh, drill into the the, how do you do how do you do critical thinking on these opportunities that uh, everybody on the team you know is is happy about and things are fine
1: well i wish there was a foolproof method (laughs) unfortunately i have not found one call it a foolproof method a silver bullet or whatever um I think it's a case-by-case case situation. I usually tend to work on the sales manager, sales director, or head of sales, or whatever his name is, his title is, sorry, and uh, get him to understand uh, the uh, what, what, what we're looking at. I just had an illustration. Um, I was coaching the sales director of one of my clients, who uh, told me, Claude, I have a problem. My salespeople are not closing well enough. So let's look at, uh, at the sales funnel. And yeah, in the stage which was called uh, uh, prior to closing stage in his sales process, it was inflated. It was bloated, actually. There were so many opportunities there. Why? why and then we dig into that we dig into that with the sales manager and we come to the conclusion uh, we come to the intermediate conclusion that his sales reps are having trouble reaching the decision makers the offers out the need the needs have been analyzed that banting has been done okay but it's not moving forward well why isn't it moving forward i can't reach the guy you can't reach the guy. Well, why can't you reach the guy? I don't know. And we we entered. I was coaching the sales director to get him to understand which sales conversations to have with his team when he was doing his reviews to get the salespeople to understand that they were chasing people who were not really interested, had needs had a budget, had a time frame, but hadn't made the critical decision to switch. It's a recurring business. It's not a. Uh, it's an OPEX kind of business. In other mm-hmm. words, the customer, the prospect has already a solution and you're trying to win back, uh, push that existing solution out and put your solution in. So there's no real uh, compelling need to move immediately. And this question was never asked. So yeah, no wonder the guys hadn't had trouble reaching the decision makers, because they hadn't, what I say qualified, they hadn't qualified earlier. So I was coaching the sales director for him to have better, tougher conversations with his salespeople to get them to understand that they were not asking the critical questions early enough, and that was... Part of the explanation uh, for, or the main cause, I hate to say root cause, but it's somewhere something like that, that was the cause of uh, his bloated closing or sales funnel at the closing stage and his not reaching the numbers. People were were chasing opportunities, which were not going to close. Right. They didn't know why.
0: You just illustrated a, one of the key, uh, most popular and most easy to understand principles of Process thinking right either lean yep. or six sigma or any of those sorts of, of methodologies, which is the five whys, you know if you have a condition you see in But it's undesirable and it needs to be changed. So why and then ask why again and then ask why again? Yep. And, then, yep. and you keep asking it's not like limited to five You don't necessarily have to have five, but you ask it until it doesn't make sense to ask it anymore, right? Right. And, Right. And because the whole universe is connected to it, right? Everything's interconnected. Things are causing effects, and we don't necessarily understand all those causal relationships. And in sales, those causal relationships are in somebody else's head, Right. So you have to understand them and what they're thinking and why they're thinking it. And that's why you have to have that's the value the salespeople add.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to finish on this uh, illustration, um, the getting the sales director to understand this was not uh, extremely difficult. Uh, he he needed to find a solution. So he was uh, He was willing to try this approach. It made sense to him. Getting the sales reps to in the conversations to pinpoint the fact that maybe they should review their qualification was uh, slightly more difficult. But then, what do we do? What do we do now? Now that we have an idea of why we are where we are, so what do we do? And this we. I suggested with the sales director that we change our approach and not one-to-one, but use a team approach. Generate solutions to move these difficult questions. Can I switch the customer from his existing solution to my solution? Is there a compelling need or can I generate one? How do I do this? We did this in group. We've. Introduced, which was completely new to the sales team that we use the sales team as a group to work on a problem instead of individually each sales rep in his country because it's all over Europe you've got one for Germany, one for mm-hmm. Poland, one for Italy, and so on and so on. each one of them has the problem. How do I better qualify so we use the sales meeting the power of the group to Work on generating solutions for this. So that was my uh, my input to helping the sales team is switching methodology, moving from one to one. Hey, do this in France or in Italy or in Germany. To using the uh, European sales team to generate solutions for which could be applicable in most cases. General yep. idea. And that is another principle of
0: operational yeah. excellence, right, is is respect for people and that that uh, yeah. everybody on the team, we all have different backgrounds. We have different uh, orientations. We're going to see things in a different way. And there's richness in that we can learn from each other. True. about that. True. And, and if we can come up with a consensus on the team of how to solve a problem. And we're we'll all start doing things in a similar way, then we all are able to learn faster as from one another. Yeah. yeah,
1: from one another. Very good. Now, the limit of this exercise is that uh, Europe is uh, diverse. You can say you've got multiple segmentations. You've got one which is Western Europe and the other one is central and eastern Europe. So there's a a business culture which is different. You've got language issues. You've got uh, relationship cultures. If you don't relate to a Polish uh, customer in the same way as you relate to a Brit or a Frenchman or a German, and but but there are overlying uh, overarching uh, principles which are common, and we use the group to find those overarching principles. So, for example, what are some of those? Well, let's put it this way. I'm trying to illustrate this without disclosing too much of uh, information on Uh my customer. So, if you speak to a Polish person, he expects this is just a very... Uh, how can I say? Very easy to understand example. You're a salesperson. you reach out to a, a Polish customer. He expects a certain type of behavior. He wants you to come over uh, to to visit. He will not speak on the phone. He needs face time face to face. okay. okay. On the other hand, for the same kind of conversation, which is um the the preliminary investigation in a sales uh, in a sales project. Uh, a, ne- a Dutch customer will very easily open up on the phone, and you can save some uh, travel time. And uh, he will only require FaceTime later on in the sales process. Whereas, the, once again, the Polish guy really appreciates FaceTime from the beginning. So, what's the principle? So this the principle, the principle is that is is different that, people are different. Uh, yeah, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> True. Okay. But, but I mean, you can't go. Uh, what you cannot do, um, uh, this is another illustration which I, I could give if we have time, um, of things which we shouldn't do. We can't have a uniform sales process, a detailed, a very detailed, uniform sales process. Flexibility should be given to uh, cultural uh, differences between countries. Because what you want is to provide value to the customer, but you don't do it in the same way in the Netherlands and in Poland, for example. Oh, okay. You don't so, build relationship in the same way.
0: So, in other words, people are individuals and you need to respect their individuality.
1: Absolutely, and their culture, and the, the, the cultural codes, if I may so say.
0: Yeah, Once a long time ago, I heard someone say, uh, and it just really resonated with me, that the biggest cause of waste, and wasted effort, wasted everything in sales, is trying to get other people to do things they're not ready to do. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And, and since they're all individuals, you have so to understand
0: them individually.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, you have to understand the sales team, you have to understand how the sales team is going to relate to the customer. There's a, a local approach. Once again, here in Europe, we have a very diverse landscape with different cultures, different countries, different languages, uh different histories and just to, I, I'm French as you got as you understand, we have a uh, relationship to food, which is well known, it's quite, kind of cliche, but mm-hmm. a lot of relationship is built around uh, lunchtime, and we do lunch uh, uh, lunch meetings, and and we we build relationship uh, during lunchtime. If you go to other countries, lunch for them is a waste of time, so it's just food digestion, and I can stay at my office, and it is not a a moment where you build relationship. You do it maybe. Drinking a beer in the evening. I'm thinking Germany here. Mm-hmm. Okay, or uh, so this has to be understood. So designing a an identical sale or designing a sales process which fits for all of Europe is needs to have some play, some room for there for a local way of doing things. It's obvious, but when you come with a, a CRM. Uh, such as, I don't know, we can mention Salesforce, but there are many others. You've got a monolithic software, which, uh, how can I say, uh, binds people into a single way of thinking. And that is counterproductive.
0: And I totally agree with you there. Um, But let me throw a a curveball, which is that if you are responsible for a corporation, that has business interests, branch offices, or, you know, you do business in a hundred different countries or 50 countries or, you know, you need to know, you need to be able to predict the future. You need to be able to know what is, what's working and what's not working in those field sales organizations. And with the complexity that you just described, it's impossible. So how, no, can that, how can that that person okay so so tell me more.
1: I have not been exposed personally to global sales, but I've been exposed for decades to European sales, which have we're in Europe we currently have what twenty seven countries maybe twenty six pretty soon um, each of them have their culture, some of them are close, some of them are different so how do you do this? well, you have principles and one way, one principle which I think should be, um, its importance should be raised with European sales organizations is that there's a danger in putting weighted averages on each stage of the sales cycle. People input uh, data into the CRM, so expected revenue, you multiply by a a certain weight, uh, confidence index, or whatever, and you, you do some kind of calculation and you get a number. What I would recommend is that the principles for putting a, an opportunity in a given stage uh, in the sales cycle, in the sales process, should be identical. The principles, Okay. Leave it up to the sales guys to figure out the way to move an Italian opportunity from stage one to stage two and a French opportunity from stage one to stage two. But the criteria for being in stage one and or being in stage two should be very, very strictly and uniformly applied. So
0: then there is a common set of stages Across all of the different cultures and places where you do this. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But the method yeah, of yeah.
0: moving through them is different. Y- is right? Yes. Yes. Very good. Yes. Okay. That's my take on it. Yeah. I would tend to agree with you on that and but I'm sure that there's people out there that would would not or say, Yeah, but the devil's in the details. How the heck do you do that?
1: Um And, um, well, you got to trust your people. I mean, if you've got a sales director in charge of, let's say, Germany, I don't see your, any organization functioning, uh, performing if it has sales rep, the sales people in charge of sales in various countries whom corporate doesn't trust, whom corporate has to tell this is the way you do your job. No, come on. I do, I'm do. i German. For example, I'm German. I know how to sell in Germany. OK, you want me to fill, put an opportunity in stage two when it meets this criteria? Fine. Let me handle the way I move the opportunity through the pipeline. That's my job. That's German. That's typically my way of doing it. And I am capable of doing that.
0: Very but, good. So, so again, to the idea of bring your team together to talk these things through and come to an agreement that uh, everybody can accept about how to do it, about what those yeah. dates would be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well, good. Absolutely. And absolutely. it's a shame, but a lot of times in the corporate world, these kind of basic principles are not understood. And uh, I think that's why you were attracted to sales process and and yep. books and stuff and you're obviously being successful using these principles your clients um, i tried, to. <laughs> I tried <to. laughs> this is yeah, great so thank you for these uh these stories and I, i'm sure that uh, we'll be able to talk again um if uh we're at about 30 minutes here so so uh okay. if we could uh wrap up uh, I'm wondering uh, if someone wants to learn more about what you do
1: and you know how you might be able to help them, how can they get a hold of you? They, I'm on LinkedIn, Claude Bardy on LinkedIn. I can be reached via email, Claude.bardi at my company's name, bceuropartners.com. There's a website currently being revamped, so don't look at it in five minutes, please. <laughs> um, but but uh, you can reach me. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn or email is uh, probably the best way to do it.
0: Well, Cloud, I, I had a great time listening to your discussion there and your uh, examples, and particularly the sort of deep dive in what's necessary for succeeding in sales management in revenue. So thank you for that. And um, you wow. are welcome. Let's well. do this again sometime. Yeah. I had great pleasure talking to you, Michael. And keep sure. up, keep on writing those good books. thank you thank you very much so um, (laughs) Um, goodbye everyone until next time the sales process excellence podcast is sponsored by sales performance consultants discover how to improve your B2B sales with systems thinking at salesperformance.com